Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's nineteen. Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we talk about the TV of 1999 from here inside a Gort costume, here in 19, 2019. <laughs> Back Scenario with Dave Iverson. <laughs> <laughs> Incorrect. Uh, Incorrect. Two weeks in a row. All right. So here we are. One week later, I've learned to pronounce his name. It's Dave Iserson, brother of my good friend Greg Iserson, yes. and uh, he wrote the movie. <laughs> you know, the consistent thing between me and my brother is that we have the same last name. Yeah, the it's true, last it's name. a true story. Um, and not like Bob Einstein and Albert Brooks. Yeah, it's but, weird. Um, well, you know, it is what it is. He didn't Albert, want to be Albert, Albert Einstein. Einstein yeah. Yeah. Um, and he wrote the movie The Spy Who Dumped Me. There it is. Correct. Co-wrote, um, yeah. of course, with uh, the director. Susanna Fogel, a former podcast guest, on your future show, guest, yeah. right. future Susanna. guest for Arlington Road. Um, and he also wrote episodes of Mad Men, and he wrote episodes of your favorite television shows. Why, Mr. I do Robot. love I that. Love is like my, yeah, Mr. Robot. But yeah. you wrote on comedies before that. Yeah, um, New Girl. New Girl and, and, yeah, so you've... Sign you, of Life, yeah. Yeah, you know stuff about television. So uh, A lot of stuff He's back to... Talk about his favorite, his favorite show of all time. It's the coolest time. thing in the world that that we have you for your favorite show. Yep. Um and we're doing episode three, Tricks or Treat and Indeed. Treats. Tricks and Treats. It's so fucking early. <laughs> it's been we're doing a lot of podcasts today. Uh I I as I said to uh to Kenny, you were out of the room, but um I didn't love this episode. Okay. I I, I didn't certainly didn't dislike it, but I think that the show starts so strong, pilot and, and episode two, that this one felt like we spend a fair amount of time just walking the sidewalks with these kids 
and or in a car trashing pumpkins mm-hmm. and what there are moments you. I really love in this episode. Okay. Me too. Yeah, I, I I think we'll get into it, but like a house party, a beer house party was not part of my high school experience. What was a part of my high school experience was trick-or-treating one year too late. That was a very real feeling. (laughs) So sorry. Wow. I mean, trick-or-treating one year too late um, is hard. Yeah, and there was moments in this episode when you just saw people looking at them as they were walking and you and 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 you felt it so I felt it so there there are these was even as an adult going to a costume party yeah. but then you all then you have to got to go like pick up something at 711 on the way there and then you have to you're really like self-conscious that like you know you've put you've put on this very very sure. elaborate costume sure. in a place that is not for elaborate costumes and having feeling that feeling in this episode felt very I real to me. I, I didn't mean to suggest it's a bad episode. I'm just, you know, I have more empathy with this episode than with all the episodes. I would imagine that, that that feeling you're describing, the feeling of being a 15 year old in a costume on Halloween with the people looking at you is about the closest a non sex offender can feel <laughs> to being a, to feeling like a sex offender, not being a sex offender, but to having like the have it like those. I'm not tracking your metaphor. <laughs> the, 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 the judgmental eyes of some adultish person doing some childish thing. Oh, oh no, no, no! I as a 15 year old, I did not look like an adult. I looked like a nine year old. I'm just saying that. Like, I'm just saying. Right. I felt you felt was, like you were. I thought it was too late. And then I was in the costume and I wasn't home. Like you were now, you were now, you were now like you've committed. You're you're doing it. Can I ask what your costume was? Do you remember? Gosh, that year I can't pass. I don't know. I was, it was when, um, you know, when, when Neil was in the mirror doing Groucho, I, I was like, I was like, all right, I'm not Neil because I was consistently chaplain. (laughs) (laughs) My my face lent itself more to Chaplin than That's to amazing. Groucho. Were you actually Chaplin? I several times. Probably not that Halloween, but but oh, yes, several times. Who else yeah. uh, were you as a youth? Oh God, um, it was Hulk Hogan one year? Yeah, all right. Cool. Um, That's my man right there. Kenny <laughs> fully was, agrees with that. I was just like I was a full on hobo. And um, and I well, you you were, you were Clement Blake yeah and I de- <laughs> I'm going as Clement Blake right. noted I, homeless no right and then I and then I de- I dress in I Fuck. I recall dressing in drag one year oh. like in my like, oh, okay. sister's yeah. cheerleading like, costume like yeah. Bill yeah like Bill yeah. I think Bill's uh, bionic woman is amazing. amazing one of my favorite parts of a movie that's nothing like this Donnie Dar- oh, a little like this Donnie Darko mm-hmm. was that one of the guys goes as Hulk Hogan. To me, that was so dead on. Seth Rogen, there's Seth Rogen between Donnie Darko and Freaks. Oh yeah, that's. Oh yeah, he's that's very cool. racist. In, in, in Donnie Darko, both? Donnie Darko, uh, yeah, no. Donnie Darko. In, in real life, what, yeah. what, was, what was Donnie's costume in Donnie Darko? Why can't I remember? I can like sort of see it in my brain. Did Donnie have a costume? Did he not have a costume? Uh, his friends were Hulk Hogan and okay. like a military. I just obviously man. remember the bunny. And I feel like Donnie must have been wearing a costume. I can't remember. I can't. I can't. What a movie. Uh, slipped, what a movie. Slipped, slipped out of my brain. What a movie, folks. So, Tricks and Treats. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give a synopsis real quick. Just get Please. this out of the way. Uh, Halloween approaches and Sam persuades his friends to go trick-or-treating with him. The neighborhood reacts awkwardly to the freshman trick-or-treaters and matters become worse when Alan picks a fight with the gang. 
Lindsay agrees to stay home and hand out candy with her mom on Halloween night. However, when she gets an invite to go cruise around town with Nick, Daniel, Ken, and Kim, she ditches her mom to hang out with them. Lindsay enjoys her first taste of vandalism with the freak gang until she accidentally takes things too far. Tricks, uh, Tricks and Treats was written by Paul Feig, directed by Brian Gordon, and aired on October 30th, 1999. Donnie wore the Skeleton pajamas. Yes. Right. That's it. Sure. Fuck, of course. Um, the thing that, that really hit me early on in this episode, mm-hmm. and it's something that is uh, that you feel pretty consistently through her character, through uh, Mrs. Weir, is her sadness that her kids are, are outgrowing her. Mm-hmm. And there's this she, – she feels them pulling away from her. And it's, it, it's, it's not constant. It's a fluctuating thing. Sometimes they really want her. Sometimes they don't want her. And she doesn't seem to be dealing with that all that well, at least in this episode. Yeah. I mean, it's seeing this episode, like Mrs. Weir reminded me more of my mother than other TV moms have where like, you know, because television moms are very often much more forceful personalities in which my mom is not, my mom isn't and, and Mrs. Weir isn't like just like just a, you know, a uh, quieter voice in in uh, comparison to uh, to uh, Harold. So um, so I and and very sweet and like and, and it was very heartbreaking watching her just feel just start to feel very unnecessary in this episode. And and it was it, it yeah. It's it really brutal. it really you yeah. re- I mean you feel it the most when she uh well first of all when she keeps singing Monster Mash it just fucking kills me. I love with the cockeyed little It's amazing. But you, but, but the part I didn't think about and it relates to this and I'm jumping all the way to the end sure. but because it is part of this sort of arc is we'll get more into it but as after Sam gets egged he is understandably upset and shrugging has kind of every right to tell on his sister. Yeah. And I don't think he does it out of any loyalty to her. I don't think he doesn't rat her out of any loyalty to her sister. I think he is in this real conflict in this episode of whether I'm a kid or whether I'm an adult yeah. and not making the decision mm-hmm. to have his parents solve his problem is I think a thing that his parents are not even privy to, but it is kind of the ending of their arc of feeling completely useless. It's a, I, I want to make two points. One on that, which is basically, um, I always loved uh, Emilio Back to Breakfast Club. We talked about last week. Emilio Estevez's uh, monologue about Larry Lester mm. and how bad he felt that Larry Lester had to go home and tell his dad about it. Um, I think that that to me that's kind of where Sam's coming from too. Which is, if you're bullied, having to go home and explain to your parents what happened yeah. is about the worst thing I think you could do as a kid. Or the, the, not the worst. I don't mean like snitching. I mean like that that feeling. Of oh, it's the like, worst. It's 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 a terrible feeling. Terrible feeling to say people don't like me. This is why they don't like me. This is what they're doing to me. And uh, I, you know, I imagine it's a terrible thing to hear too. I was going to say, as a parent, I'm not quite there yet. But because um, your kids are really cool. Because my kids, <laughs> kids are swell. So nobody cool. nobody my, fucks with them. My kids are the bullies. But <laughs> oh my, um, my well, my kids are seven. Yeah. yeah. But you know. Yeah, there were bullies at seven. <laughs> yes, it's true. I know, um, but things. Yeah. yeah, things happen. But the other thing I want to say, which relates to this, is you know that thing where people are like, you know, um, when you watch The Graduate at like seventeen, you're in love with Catherine Ross, and when you love it as you get older, you're in love with Mrs. Robinson. Yep. I feel this thing where, like, as a kid or fifteen years ago, watching Freaks and Geeks, I identify with the kids, and I'm really identifying with 
particularly Mrs. Weir right now, mm-hmm. yeah. that feeling every day of like my kids getting older and older and like they're not going to need me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an, that's an abstract thing when you don't really have the, when you don't have kids. And, but like now, oh man, like even at seven, yeah. um, it, I, I do sense, start to sense that they're just, you know, I have four kids and I keep having them. So I keep, keep, yeah, you, sh- you should stop at some point. <laughs> I don't want to because I always want some little baby who needs me because sure. I'm real. I don't, no, no, not sure. It's a joke. <laughs> but, but no, it's like, that's, that's like yeah. psychotic parenting. Like you're, you're, that's not what you're supposed to do, but it's a hard thing to accept that these kids don't belong to you. That they're their own people. They're going to turn into their and own you're thing. Own, they are yeah. their own thing. From, the, the, from the, the moment they're born, it's a hard thing to accept that like your job is to just prepare them for the world. Yeah, yeah. How, and I think she's dealing yeah. with that. Well, however, Lindsay's arc well, – you know, you know, mom's also not privy to Lindsay's arc, but Lindsay's arc so, sort of ends with her needing. Like when – the heartbreaking moment – one of the heartbreaking moments for me is when, you know – and I, I, I'm sorry we keep calling her Mrs. Weir because I'm not remembering oh, her let me first pull up. name. Yeah, it's a good question. But, um, you know, I don't want to do disservice to her character, Becky and Baker. And, Jean but, Weir. Yeah, Jean. Um, so it's, it's her saying that people are so – kids are so mean now and Lindsay's saying, yeah, I mean it's not like – no like are you saying no one ever egged anyone when you were a kid? And she's like, well, I didn't. And <laughs> and you see what that – how that hits Lindsay and – you know, and now Lindsay's seeing herself through her mother's eyes, whereas like Sam is completely cutting himself off of his yeah. parents. It is it it is actually showing that there is going it is it is not a straight line of like you're needed, you're needed, you're not needed. It mm-hmm. it, it it does kind of keep coming back and yeah. forth. And and I think at least in that in that Peace. Well, forever yeah. and ever. I mean, part of growing up actually is also understanding that there's no shame. In going back to your parents, mm-hmm. no, there's no shame in having an adult relationship with your parents. Okay, like, there's no shame of moving in with your parents, and there's no shame of living there for like an extended <laughs> period of time. Like even, like, like even when you're like in a, like a full like, listen, guys, thank you. <laughs> um, so, one of the things I thought is interesting about this episode. So, uh, Sam is given crime and punishment to read in in his grade nine class. Is yeah. that it? No, did I don't, you guys read that in grade I, nine? Do not, I I've did not. I did that. That, that, that beat. I didn't buy, and that it was the same reason that I was like, I was like, I was like, the 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 branding on the on the snacks were in Hebrew. It was a clearance issue. That uh, there, the books that they make kids read, I don't think they maybe they were not able to clear the cover, but right. but crime and punishment is is is, uh, right. is public domain. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. The, what what I found interesting, less about sort of the actual book they were reading is that the end of this movie, this movie, the end of this episode is the first sort of esoteric ending. It just kind yeah, of, it just ends. It just ends. Yeah. And it, it was kind of jarring and it made me think like, and they'll do it. They do it again and again in the series. It, the, the show, it reminded me of was the Sopranos actually. That was the first show I remember to end where episodes would just end. And you'd be like, Huh? What did that mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, it made me sort of actually like think back on the episode and why it ended the way that it did. Most television shows, obviously, before that and around that time, didn't do that. And it's just interesting that it felt, you know, it's just it, his dad pops his head and says, "How's the book?" Well, it's. I mean, I you mean, know, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, the part that just threw me was a little bit just like I think that the last line of it was like, "Well, good night." But yeah, w- that scene was incredibly meaningful to me because it was. 
it was a like Harold, who's kind of a cartoon character throughout the show, you know, you know, you know what happened to him? He died. Like, you know, his sort of like catchphrases, <laughs> but it was his dad very much like, I'm checking on Sam Singham. Okay. Yeah. Sam is reading the book, which the teacher said at the beginning, you guys are not children. You guys need to grow up. You guys need to read this book. Yeah. yeah. So Sam is like, I need to grow up. I need to read this boring ass book. Yeah. And, and, you know, and he not telling his dad what he needs emotionally and his dad understanding that he's not telling what he needs emotionally. Yeah. And then, and it's, it's a different thing. It's a, inverse of of um of Lindsay and, and yeah yeah there's something really um like i love sam opening the book in the cafeteria and being like look at how small the print is yeah and then at the end uh his dad says is it any good and he says i don't know everyone's name is really long and weird <laughs> like it's just there's it, it it is it's a perfect distillation of like you you at a certain point you have to sack up and you have to start growing right. up and reading things that you don't want to read and doing things you don't want to do um which i appreciate and and i i, I loved the the ending i was just like huh it just kind of ended and and it was surprising to me again this what continues to surprise me is that this show existed on nbc and and mm-hmm. and that as we all know the hoops you need to jump through to get an episode on the air all that sort of stuff it it's it surprised me that it ended the way that it did and that nbc was like fine with that ending it's just interesting right right because i mean even as somebody who loves this show and yeah. I feel heavily influenced this show, I would not end a script like that. I don't think right. I would not. I, I wouldn't. No, no. I, would, I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't feel comfortable yeah. doing that. It's a confidence issue. Yeah, and um, it's but, amazing. Yeah, it's interesting. It's also the thing I keep thinking about is like when the show, you know, got canceled after its one perfect season, and then everyone in the show basically became famous. And then there was like this narrative that kind of came back about the show that like, ah, it was kind of in the wrong time. Like, but if the show is on now, but now I don't know if the show could exist now. I don't know if this show could, I don't know if this show could, I, I don't think, I don't think there's enough of a hook to it. I don't think that there's enough, like, I think even Pen15, which is, I guess, probably the most current similar show and has a lot of heart, but like, but it's much half more hour, yeah. it's much more heightened. It's much just smaller lens in it. And at the very least, even though you, even though it doesn't play into this gimmick very much after it has a gimmick, it has a gimmick, it totally has a gimmick. Has a gimmick. Yeah. And, and it's, and, and you forget about the gimmick, which is a testament to, right. to, to Maya and Anna, but, Oh, yeah. you know, you, you're like you call them by their first name. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, maybe I'll get away with it. Um, but yeah, I, I, it is. It's a testament to the fact that they're great and they're great actors, and they do an amazing job that you forget that they're surrounded by a bunch of children. Right. But yes, I, I agree with you. But that see, is probably close standalone. Yeah, but but even the idea of an hour long comedy, as mu- as much television as there is, as much as we're in a sap- saturation of pre like. This, I mean, although there's heart to this show, like this is, there was a moment in, you know, in the nineties in the late nineties with like a show like this. And then in 2000 with Gilmore girls and then like Ally McBeal, like there was a actual world in which there were, there was an hour long shows that kind of had sitcom jokes in it. Sure. And even though there's like, it's a very dramedy heavy moment we're in right now, like not quite in this way. It's the opposite. Yeah. 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 It's, I mean, yeah, it's the opposite. It's half hours that are written, written and a little bit more dramatically. Yeah, just ri- written and, and kind of broken out structures like dramas. Or just really half yeah. hour. I mean, I, some of them are funny. I mean, you know, like I, I think like I think people tend to lump in all shows that don't really fit into your typical multicam, your typical kind of network half hour, 
into the same thing. Like Atlanta is nothing like girls is nothing like, you know, casual is nothing like all these, these or Louis sh- or I mean, when Louis was on, yeah. These, or these master of none, yeah, these master are, they're all kind of different. And, and I think that's really cool. I th- David, just listening to like what you're saying and, you know, being a natural born contrarian, I'm trying to think of counter examples and I, I really can't, I can't think of any show in the last 20 years mm-hmm. that, um, that's been like this that has succeeded, but not even one that has failed. Like, yeah, they 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 really don't give it a shot. But I, like the 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 contrarian in me says, if someone did try something like this and it was as good as as this, I think it could succeed. Right, but I'm talking about how to even get it. The on barrier there. of entry. How to get yeah. there? You can't get any movie stars in it because no, none of these people are movie stars yet, mm-hmm. and so and so you know and and it's it's hard to justify why this would have to be a period piece, which makes the show expense. Like, there's a lot of even in a world in which there is kind of a a renaissance of of YA shows. I'm yeah, I'm not. I, I, what think, if, I think it'll be successful because it's good, but I can't. I just don't quite know that if like any of us went out and tried to pitch this tomorrow, we could get this on the air. Do you think that if Paul Feig and Judd Apatow got together and said we're going to do not 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 another freaks and geeks necessarily? Yeah, but that's a, that's that, a different story. Those are those right, are those people are powerhouse can, people right, that could get it. But done. they weren't then. Yeah, you know, it was it that's was what guy. You it was guy. It was yeah. It was it was guy with no writing credits crazy. and and showrunner who coming off the Ben Stiller show a director who had never directed yeah, director a, yeah, yeah. A director oh. who directed zero effect yeah. like it's not it, it is not a team that would get it would get that kind of confidence yeah. it's it's also and I don't mean this out of much throwing shade at them it's also the lamest idea that every single writer has. Every single writer comes out to LA yeah, and says, like, I'm oh, going yeah. to write about my childhood. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to write about – and then they did the second lamest idea, which is I'm going to write about my college experience. Mm-hmm. Right. Every writer I know uh, wrote that spec. So to on top of all of these things, to break through that. It's kind of amazing it's too. Insane. It happens every once in a while. But like – I mean Pen15 is a pretty good example. You need a really strong gimmick. To have something like that break through. Well, I would I would say too that the barrier of entry in streaming and cable right now is, <clears throat> excuse me, is probably a little easier than the barrier of entry into broadcast oh, back sure. in ninety nine. Yeah, I, I don't I mean, know. How, yeah, we don't yeah. know how this got in the air then. But yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that. That's the the level of difficulty is is nuts. I couldn't imagine. I I just couldn't imagine where you begin <laughs> saying I want to do modern freaks and geeks and differentiating it from the. Thirty thousand modern freaks and geeks that have been pitched to these people. Yeah, right, right. But then you also have freaks and geeks as a comp. Like mm-hmm. when they were pitching it, they had the shows that were on. Yeah. You know, we were talk, talk, talked about last week, like the Dawson's Creeks and whatever. And then they, you know, and then shows like The Wonder Years, which this definitely was the only other analog I was has has about. similarities to, which leaned into the nostalgia. Way, 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 way more. Yeah, it was. Forgive me. It was a half hour, right? Wonder Wonder Years was a half hour, Um, and a network half, so a twenty-two minute, whatever. Yeah, I I remember loving the Wonder Years as a kid. Um, I I haven't watched it since, so I don't know how it holds up. Great, does it still hold up? Wonder Years. Wonder Years has a almost perfect pilot. And it's very good for a while. Like it changed showrunners like eight episodes in. There was a writer strike or whatever. And I think the first chunk of it is really, really strong. And I don't think it ever quite – I mean the pilot of The Wonder Years like was life-changing for me. It's it's good in – 
it's not quite as good on Netflix because the, there's music rights music issues rights. and stuff yep. and stuff like that. I mean, they mostly mostly replace everything correctly, but it there just feels a little bit off. But mm. at the time, I thought it was like it it wasn't like anything else in television. It was a half hour drama. Does that end with a with, with him and Kim, Kim, Kim Winnie? Yeah, yeah. And it, the, when a man loves a woman and they kiss. Yeah, the that shows a pilot or the the pilot series. The, the pilot. pilot. The pilot. The, the, there are a bunch of really like kind of famous pilots from that period that are really, really fucking good. Right. Um, Miami Vice being one of them as well. Totally which I need to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. I th- and there's another kind of aspect that I want to bring up, which is basically like – so you have the Wonder Years. They look back at – Wonder Years always did the same thing that Freaks and Geeks did, which was 20 years ago today. Yeah, I think it was I think it was 88, 68. So yeah. So it was like – exactly. So it was like 20, 20 years ago today. That's when we're looking back. And they looked back certainly through like rose-colored glasses. We talked about this a little bit with Walk on the Moon as well. Okay. How people okay. always looked – boomers particularly looked yeah, back yeah, yeah. at their childhood – Rose-colored glasses, everything was great. It's a little more jaded here, but I think it's still a little more, uh, a little more glory days than say Pen Fifteen. Pen mm-hmm. Fifteen is like Dark Ages. Like the, we're looking back at the Dark Ages. So, so we, we, there's just a different. I, I, I mean, maybe we'll feel this different with perspective even further. But the 20th century had the decades just felt more distinct visually. Like, mm-hmm. it, you know, seventies felt so different. The sixties felt so different. The 80s, whatever. And, and I, and I think since, since 2000, everything's a little bit muddier. Like you'll, you'll, you'll watch pen 15 and you'll, and you'll feel like, Oh, that, that, That's you know, that they get time. that, they get that weird thing that I forgot about. Right. But like people don't dress so different that you were just like, you know, in the way that it just, you know, you, that you see that you see Sam's, um, disco costume from the later later episode, and that is best. just. It's I mean, best. it is truly a thing that you could not fathom existing. I'll, I'll throw out one more weird thing. So I worked on a show called Hindsight that went basically back twenty years. It was like in the nineties, so we was on the air like f- four or five years ago. So we were in the mid nineties. We were like ninety five, ninety. We were ninety seven. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. We had so we got canceled after one year. We had the looming threat of nine eleven too, mm-hmm. and we were all also right. a time travel show. So like, there's this looming threat of nine huh. eleven right around twenty years ago, right now that TV shows have to deal with, and that's extremely hard to deal with. Yeah. To deal with in any way, any with any way other than with like stone face seriousness. Sure. Um, we were a light hour, and. Uh, the idea of getting to 9-11 and having to deal with that in one way or another was very scary to me. So. Yeah, I mean I think that this show 
gets to exist in a in a in a bubble politically too. Like they right. talk about Reagan a little. I mean, but the they great don't. joke that Cindy Sanders was a Republican is was was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so the, the episode essentially opens with the kids all standing around a stop sign waiting for the bus. Mm-hmm. And there's – I don't know why, but I just love that image so much of just these straggler kids just kind of all around a stop sign. I don't know. There was just something about it that I loved. And Daniel's car pulls up. He's driving what – we couldn't totally remember the three of us, but it seems like a Firebird or a something. I didn't chime in. I had no guesses. Okay. <laughs> um, it's gross, whatever it is. Yeah. It's got the that like the, those, those fur kind of uh, – Seat covers, uh-huh. and he's got a, an engine block in the back seat. Yes, uh, otherwise he would have uh, he, he would have given Lindsay a lift, and he needed a muffler because it was very loud. Because it was very loud. Um, Millie and her lickamade. Million or Lickamade, which they also clearly couldn't clear because she was not. She was holding fun dip. She was holding fun dip. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but like that also. I mean. That shit is so disgusting it's and disgusting. so it's but pure so, sugar. Feels so true of like of like the, you know because her her lips were all her blue, lips blue, blue it was awful. and makes my spit yeah, taste yeah. like what I can't remember what she yeah. said. I also not, not my favorite. The best thing about <laughs> one of the best things about Fun Dip is that the stick is sugar. Stick is sugar that you right? can then eat when you're done eating the and sugar. Then, and then, and then the wrapping is sugar. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> but it does lead to Daniel sticking his finger in there and saying, thanks for the candy skinny. Like, thanks for the candy <laughs> skinny. skinny. Yeah. Like Daniel has Such like a, a – he, we- he has a weird accent that like like a little bit – a little bit how like Ryan – Canadian Ryan, Ryan Gosling somehow is from like some weird – Chicago, Brooklyn <laughs> suburb, but like, yeah, that's a little. <laughs> James, it's, it's it's not it's not a uh, Daniel. It's James Franco. Like James, I think, Franco. I, think yeah. I don't think James. I don't think he always has that accent, but I think he is definitely projecting something a little bit into Daniel. Yeah, I don't know. I feel it like doesn't he, feel like Michigan. He doesn't always have the same accent because sometimes he's you know Tommy Wiseau, but like <laughs> he does have this like kind of closed lipped. Thing like this tight lip, like he does have a weird thing. It's I, it's I, I, I've always I don't know really how to describe it without like getting. Well, he in. delivers this line like he's in a film noir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very strange. I think but he, I loved it. Yeah, I, I but think, I think but it's also like you see like like Lindsay's so humiliated by the presence of yes, Millie. Yes. And Daniel not quite seeming to care, which is another of like how he kind of keeps her on her toes. Yeah. yeah. Um. One of the things that I love is that Lindsay literally cannot crack a joke mm-hmm. in front of the freaks every time she falls on her face. It's <laughs> yeah. just it's it's an amazing thing, and and it they, it doesn't phase them. But um, so uh, I mean, it phases Ken. I mean, Ken Ken, yeah. Ken Ken cannot cannot contain himself when Lindsay fucks up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Harris telling Sam, Bill, and Neil that anti-Reagan hippies are going to inject Halloween candy and get them addicted to addicted to heroin yes. is amazing, and then invites himself to come along. Right. Yeah. It, it, I mean, that is. I mean, I I don't know if those fears also made it to Canada, but like the, <laughs> they, the they didn't. Not really? that not that particular one. Razor but, blades. But, but the razor blade, <laughs> like the local police department set up a thing where you got where you basically put your candy through a like a a TSA scanner kind of thing you take oh you took it to the police station and you got and you got your candy x-rayed to make sure that there were no razor blades in it we what? didn't do that <laughs> 
I, mean, I don't recall. I don't recall. I recall doing it once. I don't wow. think we did, but. But, you know, yes. and then the reality is that, like, this was all an urban myth. Like, it never really ever happened. I think, like, I do, I, I and I think that's part of, like, this, yeah. this urban myth thing is that you also kind of have all, we, we've all Googled it. With well, a time before, a, time before the internet and you're just, all you're getting is the local news and then people's yeah. friend, parents telling you. Th- I know my cousin. Of, yeah. yeah, but I think in real life it's happened like, something like this has happened like three times and it's all relative. It's all, it's all, yeah. it's all somebody, yeah, trying something, to like, yeah, something kill to, a kid. Kill, 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 the, kill <laughs> their <laughs> nephew. Kid, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Mrs. Uh, uh, Jean, Jean telling, um, Harris that he looks like Richard or Richard Benjamin saying that Mrs. Weir looks like uh, Richard Ra- Benjamin. Harris in, in, saying Mrs. Weir yeah. looks like Richard Benjamin in, West, in Westworld, Westworld. Yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, and, and then basically they, they go smashing pumpkins and, and vandalizing right. and shit like that. Lindsay losing the shoe in the pumpkin is tremendous. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's also something about like when also, she, also sorry, Mr. Yeah, yeah. Rosso having a spare pumpkin <laughs> immediately ready to replace the one that got jumped. I got, she's right. just, there's something about when she lets loose around them and yeah. she's really becomes just such a dork and it's adorable, but it's also like, she sticks out like a sore thumb from the she's group. She's a great laugher. Yeah. It's not easy to laugh the way she laughs on Yeah, camera. it's it's yeah. it feels very uh, real. the high yeah the yeah. best parts of Green Book. Oh cracking up. Uh, Lindsay obviously gets upset when they egg Sam. Yeah, um, <laughs> she feels legitimately bad about it, and it does feel when like she eggs well, Sam. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. There's something about that line that she straddles where. She knows that like they're kind of shitty to to him and his friends, and she's trying to to have her cake and eat it too. Where hanging out with her new friends and not wanting to seem like a narc and not wanting to seem like a wet blanket, but also wanting to be a good sister. And that that's I like that. I like she's, that sort of balancing act. She, but she's also far removed from the person who took up for Eli in the beginning. Like, right, right, she, right. If it wasn't Sam, it would have been somebody. Right? right, like right, you're right. still egging it's, someone's brother. Yeah, someone's it's, kid. It's someone's kid. The the thing that that moment kept making me think of is what felt like the thing you would be longing for in almost any other show, which is Sam is being about to get bullied with his friends. He is completely outnumbered. Lindsay is with her friends, who we think maybe are just bad people, yeah. and. We think that the inter- – at least my mind is like the intersection of those is, oh, Lindsay's friends are now going to be heroes and they're going to save Sam because that would give you – that would give you a nice feeling as a TV audience. Mm-hmm. But that – the turn it took, I mean, I mean incredibly brave because it's – her friends are not redeemed at all and, um, you know, and Sam has to suffer – Two terrible humiliations yeah. and an additional one of just just having to walk home like that. Oh, the, I thought you were going to say getting egged and then having them come back to apologize or two separate. Well, I mean, I mean, separate, yeah. I mean, having the candy taken is just. I mean, it, oh, sorry, it okay. feels. It's such a, it's such a terrible feeling, you know, and then, and then not being able to get, you know, stuck, like all of the things with his costume, basically working against him (laughs) and then getting egged and then, you know, 
he would never have known it was his sister too. I think if she hadn't come back. No, I don't think. I don't think. Yeah. And also, I mean, you, you take this all through the lens of he didn't even really want to do this. Yep. Like he yeah. kind of had to like sack up to do yeah. it, so to speak. Right. Like. Yeah. Um, and to have it go as terribly as it went is really kind of really heartbreaking awful. for the kid. I just to go back to your point about the the friends. Um, I think they were redeemed a little bit in that they were backing Lindsay up and saying she really was upset. Like I would have thought that the kids. I think she's upset. <laughs> like, well, busy was like she's really upset. Like no, I would have thought that the friends would be like. Just drive off. Who cares? Yeah, you know it's your shitty little brother. Yeah, but but you, they were they were kind of also straddling the balance of they knew she was upset, but also she was feeling shame. For, like they were giving her shit for being upset. Like Nick was trying to make peace because he was trying to he's trying to sleep with her. But, but Daniel drove back. But Daniel drove back. But Kim and but Kim was also saying go back because she's so annoying, you know, you know, so it wasn't, it wasn't truly like, Oh yeah, she's really upset guys. Let's try to make sure we soothe her. They kind of shamed her enough to not feel good about going back. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't know that they're doing it entirely out of the best intentions. Two of them are the two that you think have a heart. Sure. At the time. And Ken, as I said, like, Ken's just not a real thing. Ken's just there to make comments. And, Kim is the interesting one who actually yeah. you know, yep. reveals, yep. reveals a layer later. Uh, Lindsay's costume at the end is amazing. That yeah. prince yeah, costume was, that yeah, she's yeah. – yeah. like the medieval prince. Yeah, I don't really she's, get it. But it was that well, supposed, supposed to be a sick? princess. But I think that it's, the wrong it's, costume. It's a joke. Yeah. costume store gave the wrong yeah, costume? Yeah, she said they gave uh, the wrong costume. Yeah. She asked for a princess oh. and she got a prince. Though I don't yeah. know that being a princess would have been any less embarrassing. Perhaps slightly <laughs> less, but not 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 yes, tangibly. So it's fine. So I love that – so apparently in the cold open – when they make this concoction for yes. for Bill to drink, which is apropos of essentially nothing, it just sort of exists. Yes, uh, it's a it's a fun cold open. Kind of bullshitty thing, I think. I mean, at least I would have. It replaced it replaced a cold open. Oh, did it? Yes. Okay, I didn't know that there was something. So yeah, and, and um, I, I watched the deleted scenes. So it oh, replaced okay. a cold open that was it was Lindsay getting ready in the morning. Yeah, and um, looking at herself in the mirror and. Like unbuttoning a button on her shirt, like trying, like trying to look good, and then something—I I can't remember—it was something that, whether it was her mom, you know, something, something threw her out of out of the out of the sort of myth, and then she just kind of like awkwardly takes her green jacket and puts it over and leaves. So I see how that was not a hilarious cold open. <laughs> Um, I, I enjoyed this cold open. Oh, it was. I mean, it was a great. Sort of- it was a great complete. Yeah, I mean, there was. There was also. This was also a time in which TV shows were doing completely off story cold opens, like Malcolm in the Middle always had an oh, really? off story cold okay. open. Uh, so they, what is put in this concoction, uh, with which if Bill drinks it, uh, they'll give him five dollars. Mm-hmm. He says, but nothing that'll kill me. It was. It was. It was ten. It was ten. Nothing from under the sink. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just looking to make 10 bucks. I don't want to die. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, they- it, it, it does not track with a canon of the show that we established later, which Bill is allergic to everything. everything. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, cayenne pepper, mustard, pickles, salt, sardines, vinegar, soy sauce, chili, jelly, dairy creamer, and mints are put into a blender. 
Uh, and then he drinks. He says it's not bad. It's uh, not what was bad. actually in the shake was uh, slim fast marshmallows and a piece of a cookie. Oh, so um, <laughs> so sweet. Yeah, yeah so like, like that, that, that that kid doesn't need slim fast. Let's make sure to add him some, some beef him up in there. There's also it does feel like uh, Mr. Weir or Harold's costume is a bit of a, a shout out to SCTV. It, I mean, there was a almost a look to the camera. Uh, um, you know, it, it was it, it was yeah, it was. It, a, a joke appreciated by like nine people. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, it was, it's the exact same costume. He was yeah. he was Count Floyd. Is that his character's name? On, on uh, Monster Chiller Horror. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they teach you that in Canadian history. I'm not sure, <laughs> but <laughs> maybe they do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So th- this just Count it, Floyd. Yeah, that's who he was, Count Floyd. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, it, it's it essentially the end of the episode. Uh, Lindsay puts on her prince costume and and uh, and gives away candy with her mom, and it's a nice moment. Um, you know, the mom feels as though the two of them are, are connecting, and it is a nice sort of counterbalance that that uh, the father and the son aren't connecting. You know that that, right. that but with with respect, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and as we mentioned, it sort of it, it ends with. Uh, Sam by himself in his bedroom reading Crime and Punishment. Yeah. It's just sort of, and, and it's, I, I don't know. I, it was the first ending that just, that really kind of uh, hit me about how bold the show is and how, mm-hmm. and how unlike anything else it was. Right. Not to say that the previous two episodes didn't show me that. It obviously did, but this ending felt, because a lot of shows don't end. So I, I don't want to say unsatisfyingly, but you sort of know what I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah. Emotionally yeah. ambiguous. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was, uh, it's, it's a, it's a great episode. Are there other Do you think you're... the hippie was, did have heroin in those, in those <laughs> chocolate bars? <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, um, I loved, I will say, um, the geeks costumes Yes. Were, were so perfectly rendered in how sort of like janky and gross and weird they were. I mean, Bill's bionic woman is, is amazing. Um, him talking to himself in the mirror yeah. about his bionic Did breasts. you ever watch the bionic woman as a kid? I have never seen it. It was heavily in reruns. I don't remember at some point. Maybe I was six years old. Yeah. I've never seen um, the $6 million man. So I've never seen the show in which it spun off from. Oh, I didn't even know it was a spinoff of the $6 Yeah, so she man. was – yeah, she – it's – it. The concept of the bionic woman is what if the six million dollar man was a woman? <laughs> I mean it's, it's the same it's but the what same if concept. A woman. Well but what if a woman? I, I think I think they have slightly I think they have slightly different bionic things. Um they cost a different amount. Yeah, like she has bionic hearing one of her, like I, the bio, yeah, they, they're not. It's not their whole body. It's like sit, different things are replaced. So they had different things, and yeah. she, you know, and and it was cheap, like. 70s special effects in which when she was doing some great pace of um of physical strength it was an ultra slow motion and it made and a noise too right like, yeah in which he does in the episode and it was which i only remember because he did it was like something like that it was yeah, like right. that yeah did the six million dollar man also have a noise that went yes with i his? believe he had a noise i didn't see that show but i've seen clips right. and i believe he had a noise and it might have been a amazing. different noise yeah, it kind yeah. of had like a the uh lou ferrigno hulk vibe yes yes it was of that era yeah, yeah. of the very similar setup it's visually yeah. hideous as yes. those shows <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I, Unfortunately, my only exposure to the to Bionic Woman was the NBC reboot that they did oh, okay. uh, a handful of years ago. It was probably like 12, 15 years ago. It was a while point. ago yeah. now, right? Who um, was the Bionic Woman? Her name was like 
Michelle Ryan or something like that. Ooh, let's see if that's true. It would be a great poll if it was. <laughs> I think it was, but I, I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, and I know that uh, Starbuck from uh, yes. from yeah, Battle yeah, Star yeah. was the villain. 2010. What yes. did you say her name was? Michelle Ryan. Boom! You nailed Excellent. that. Excellent. She's been in anything else. Why do I know that? Why is there a part of my brain that that's she's in? British. Yeah. Uh, has she been in anything else? She's been in other things. Okay. Here she is, just like, you know, on the, you know, on the, on the, on the treadmill, just like, well, let's, I'm a kind of a fan of, you know, of Freaks and Geeks. Let's see, let's see what they have to say about episode three. And then she she's like, she falls off the treadmill crying. Like, how do, can you do, possibly do have known I that? need this in my life. Yeah. You, yeah. Just, just investigating my IMDb page. Yes. <laughs> bit of much yeah i mean it was it it's yeah it was a great episode i will say that it it and, and maybe this is why it didn't stay with me as much or or perhaps that i didn't like it as much as the previous two episodes it it felt a little sort of i mean treading water is the wrong word for it but it didn't feel like we moved the ball really forward sure much yeah i mean it and 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 i think it was a little bit of a it's really hard to break that much story for kind of like a shaggy lo-fi show like this. And so it did feel like, yes, there was definitely a big middle section where not a lot happened. Uh, yeah. Another kind of question for you, David, when you've been on network shows, particularly network comedies that air in the fall, you've had the mandate, write A Halloween episode. I've write read, I wrote, I wrote a Halloween episode. So what, I wrote a Halloween episode, new girl. Yeah. So what's that like when well, I've, I've never been on a network show where they've been like, all right, there's no, there's right. The three, right. The there Halloween, is, actually the isn't, there isn't a mandate, at least in my experience. Okay. It's that you are looking down the barrel of doing 24 episodes. Sure. You know, I think it was I 26 the season I was on new girl. Like it, in your, like, you're like, what is a thing we can do? This episode right. airs. This episode. This episode airs November eighth. That is close enough. Yeah. Let's yeah. Let's, right. let's let's figure out how our people would interpret Halloween. How mm-hmm. our people would interpret Thanksgiving. I mean, it is. It is. I think it's basically the same principle about why high school shows are ubiquitous. It's because there are certain. There are certain tropes that are that are inherent in high school that you can at least say that let's put this through a prism of these characters in the same way that like everyone recognizes certain things as true about Halloween and that that now we can say well, what do we what do our characters have to say mm-hmm. about Halloween? I mean, it seems like certain shows do have sort of I don't want to say limitations, but like The Office felt like they were having a party every week. You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah, they yeah. needed they needed yeah. something to sort of congeal the show. Yeah, around. nobody nobody actually wanted to see the work of yeah. actually selling of, so like, of like yeah. in, you know put, doing actual accounting and. I mean, they made, they've made yeah. that part of the joke. Yeah, no, a party committee and like yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. but that happened. Yeah, there are, there are audio there are offices that do kind of make a point to have a party. For any stupid occasion. Yeah. And this sure. is kind of blow. Yeah. Um, well, it feels like that's a good sort of uh, – yeah. I mean I think we covered it, right? Is there anything Cover else about 103 oh, yeah. that we want to talk about? But uh, um, costumes, I mean, I don't know. Um, feels like we might have hit it all. We did. Yeah. We might have hit it all. We did it? Yeah. We, we did, did it. it. Oh, 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 one quick thing yeah. I wanted to talk about is everyone's slightly different reaction to getting mugged by the by the – bullies um you know like harris giving it away immediately bill bill really treasuring wanting to hold on to his candy and um and then neil when he got 
saying, this is my grandfather's jacket. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great show, guys. Um, They're all very human reactions. It's fantastic. Well, David, thank you so much for being here. Of course. Thank you for having Uh, me. We're going to, hopefully, we'd like to have you back. Maybe in the, in the as we continue to do these episodes. Yeah. Um, but you are at David Iserson on David Twitter. David Um Kenny is at Nybart on Twitter. I am at PM Iscove on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we are at Podcast Light 1999 on Instagram and Twitter. Um, next week, we will be doing episode 104. Uh, Kim, Kelly, Kim Kelly is my friend with Ashley Lyle. Uh, so please tune in for that and please uh, rate, review, subscribe. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.